T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. All three engines up and burning. 2, 1, 0. And liftoff, the final liftoff of Atlantis on the shoulders of the space shuttle. America will continue the dream. And blast off. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Jake Schaefer Campaign. I'm your host, Jacob Mark Schaefer, and this is my campaign. There's only one chapter left after this, so I hope you've all been enjoying it as much as I've enjoyed spending all my late nights after doing school editing this. It's been super fun. So, without further ado, Chapter 20 of The Fleeting Prince. Chapter 20 Atop the gates of Malhorn Peak, battlements streamed the guild's banners. A single wizard amidst a great stone hall with a staff outstretched before him. In the distance, the enchanted horn continued its warning, growing closer now as the night deepened. The main courtyard was nearly empty, as many of the villagers had been let inside so that the guild could move about the surface unhindered. Torches burned all about the fortress as Lennox strode towards the iron gates. Perhaps it was his armor, which burned like embers beneath the passing flames. Or perhaps it had been that when he had first arrived, he had come in the company of Princess Maeve. Either way, the Golden Knight moved freely about the grounds, with no resistance from the guild. Astrid had come as well, and together they passed under the inner gate of the bridge towards the front tower. As he crested the stairs, he could see the forest take shape, its dark shadows layered in arches and deep curves. Already, fires could be seen in the distance, marching through the fields in many lines. The sky was utterly black, and the stillness of the air portended violence. Soon all of the fields would burn, throwing plums of black smoke up into the night sky like dragon's breath, and casting deep shadows all about the land. Lennox found Sir Mikkel standing with one leg set atop the merlon, motionless as a gargoyle, gazing out upon the field. Despite not being a wizard, the grim knight had command of the wall. His fists were covered in black gauntlets, and he stood both fierce and strong, leading the men of the gate. He turned, catching a glimpse of Lennox's armor shimmering beneath the torches. Oh, it is you. His eyes flickered to Astrid. And the girl also. He waved them forward that they might stand beside him. Why have you come? I cannot let you out now that the gates have been barred. We have no desire to leave, answered Lennox. We've come at the request of Princess Maeve to inquire as to the whereabouts of Pharaoh. Surely he must have returned by now, said Astrid. Yet we have seen no sign of him. The grim knight examined the pair, then shook his head. None have passed through the gates since your arrival. I'm sorry you had to come all this way for such ill news. I see, said Lennox with a nod. The princess will be informed. Having carried out Mav's request, he cast an eye towards the distant fires and turned to leave. Soon the gates of Malhorn Peak would not be safe, and he was more than willing to retreat deeper into the fortress. He had hardly turned his back when another blast from the horn bellowed out. This time the call sounded close indeed. Suddenly the darkness was seared by a striking flash, 
dispersed lightning smote down upon the earth near the main path, and for a staring moment all the watchers upon the gates and all the walls of Malhorn Peak saw at last the open field, boiling and overflowing with the undead. A thousand men they numbered at least, cursed and lost, armored with an array of weapons and shields, all of which failed them in life, now used in death. As quickly as it had come, the flash faded, leaving the guards to whisper in fear as to what they had just witnessed. Why do they come? Some said. There are too many, whispered others. Even Mikhail issued a curse beneath his breath, unheard by all save Lennox. The Golden Knight was glad the townfolk had been ushered inside, else their fears turned to chaos. Yet while Sir Mikkel and the guards had been lost in the grandeur of the approaching host, only Astrid had seen the pair of horses riding before the vanguard, accompanied by a great beast whose howl echoed in unison with the horn. Merrick, she said to herself, and looked out once more where she had seen the company, but they were too far, and the darkness complete. Abruptly, another blast from the horn went out, and this time the howling cry of Merrick came clear with it. Merrick, she cried out. Merrick. Lennox paced forward so that he stood beside Astrid and looked out onto the road. There, she said, pointing out. Riders approach, came a call from one of the guards as the second flash filled the air. This time, Lennox could see it all. Great burning fields that cast out a billowing canopy of ash, hiding the stars from sight and shining with dazzling light along the edges and before them all raced the riders. A pair of men from what he could see, though one looked rather large, and a great beast ran beside them. They were trailed by hollows, but the undead were far behind, and the riders swift. Yet even as they approached, the gates remained closed. The gate! Astrid shouted. Open the gate! With fists clenched, Mikkel rose up. The gate stays closed. The enemy is upon us. But they are our friends, and there is time. I cannot go beyond my orders, was his reply. The riders were drawing near now, so that it was clear they numbered three, with two men sharing a steed. One of the men, a knight set in silver armor, was unknown to Lennox, but he knew the others well. He turned to address Mikkel. Good sir, he began, these are indeed our friends and I can see Pharaoh is among them. Lady Maeve ordered you to let him pass without reproach. There is still time. If we are quick, they will pass through unhindered, but we must hurry. He spoke calmly to the knight, but his eyes were stern and unafraid, and in his voice was a subtle power that swayed all who heard it. Very well, answered the knight after a slight pause. He turned to the guards. Open the gates but be prepared to close them once the riders have passed. At once the gates lurched open, pushing outward slowly until the smallest of gaps was revealed. Astrid looked towards Lennox in recognition and gratitude before running past him towards the steps. As Astrid descended, the riders drew near, pushing their horses hard and riding with all their speed. Lennox stood alone now, gazing south towards the undead, then down once more towards the riders. At last he too descended, and watched as the riders passed through the gate. At the sight of her great wolf, Astrid's face lighted with joy. 
She rushed forward, throwing her arms around the beast's neck as Merrick pushed back upon her in reply. Besides the pair sat Shiva, cold and unfazed by the passing events. He unhorsed, leaving Pharaoh resting in his seat and set his eyes upon Lennox. A small smile touched his lips. Lennox found himself twisting at his oathkeeper ring as the warden approached. At last we are together again, he thought. Did Shiva know this whole time? Had his mistress told him what hardships our journey would take? Lennox doubted it, but he would get no true answer from the warden. Well, you're alive, he finally said. The warden nodded. It is not our time. Looking past Shiva towards the gate, Lennox stepped close, keeping his voice low as he spoke. No, but it will be soon for all who stay. An army marches upon this castle, and I see no way of escape. Perhaps your mistress spoke to you about this. If yes, then now is the time to speak of it. Ha! You have guessed much, Sir Knight, and rightly so. What then is your plan? He placed his hand upon Lennox's shoulder, keeping his voice low as he spoke. There is a dock at the base of this castle, a secret known to few. It is from there we shall depart, but first we must find the prince. I tried to reach him, but he is deep in the castle taking his exams, and I was not granted access. Surely the state has changed, answered Shiva. A darkness comes, and now is not the time for tests. I will find him by force if I must, and see him to the docks. The lady must have you three, or I feel it will be for naught. Then move quick. The cursed will be here soon, and the gates will not hold against such numbers. I will stay to save them off for as long as I can muster. When I can hold the gate no longer, I will retreat to the docks. This castle is full of illusions. It may be difficult to find. Lennox smiled, shaking his head softly. You misjudged me, warden. I will not be kept at bay by simple tricks. Now go, quickly, and take with you this man. He serves Princess Maeve, and may be able to help you find your young prince. The warden nodded. I will, he answered, and turned his attention towards Pharaoh. Lennox continued. Astrid, go with Shiva, and take Pharaoh with you. Make sure they reach the princess quickly. And what of you? I will stay here and fight for a time. But I will find you again. I promise. Merrick looked upon the knight then, his eyes a cool yellow that understood much but gave nothing in return. Lennox looked upon the beast for a time. The fact that Zev was not there did not escape him. Watch her, he said. Keep her safe until we are reunited. After measuring the night, the beast nodded slowly, then turned back towards the girl and remained silent. Sir Vantamir, Shiva said as he returned to his horse, taking his time to mount, this time with the wounded pharaoh sitting before him. The silver knight waited for the warden to continue. I ask you stay with Lennox. Whatever future Lady Soon has seen for this world, this man stands at the heart of it. Accompany him while I inform the council of our findings. Very well, 
he replied, after considering the warden's words. I will do as you ask. My orders were to escort you to Malhorn Peak. I have done so, fulfilling my master's wishes. But I believe he would have me do more, though I do not hear his voice. The Silver Knight dismounted then, and offered Astrid a hand as she took her place upon his horse. Thank you, she said quietly. He bowed in reply. Be cautious. There is more than just hollows marching upon the gate. Then, with a short nod, Shiva turned his horse and was off, followed closely by the others. Both Lennox and Vantimir watched as the grey wolf disappeared, passing beneath the inner gate and out of sight. You serve Lord Magnus, Lennox said, turning towards the knight. I do. And you would die for him? I would. Well, you might just get your chance tonight. A terrible pity, but I've been wrong before. Passing beneath the inner gates, the torches went dim for a moment so that little light indeed could be seen even by Shiva's keen eyes. Once through, the path opened into an inner courtyard. The main keep lay ahead, but on either side stood strong walls, well fortified and angled so that the defenders could rain arrows and fire upon any who should make it across the bridge. Shiva had seen the castle once before from a great distance, but never had he stepped inside its walls. Lady Soon had told him its secrets though, and he looked about the high towers with a quiet gaze, his face like stone, measuring the strength of the walls and men who stood upon them. He knew what was coming. How long would the castle hold? He pulled his cloak close, masking his face. No one seems to be paying us any mind, thought Astrid. She watched as a line of guards, each carrying a staff and lightly armored in blue and gold, marched past on the way to the bridge. A few of them eyed Merrick, but they left the wolf alone. He was a beast, yes, but not wild. His eyes spoke the truth. Astrid rode up beside Shiva and leaned close. The High Council went to the upper battlements so that they could oversee the oncoming siege. Princess Maeve will be with them. She will be our best hope at reaching her brother. Oscar, Pharaoh repeated letting the name linger in the following silence. You came all the way out to the guild to speak with Oscar? The gruff man laughed then, shaking his head slightly with a pleased grin upon his face. Does Maeve know this? Astrid turned her eyes to Pharaoh. The wounded man did not appear as injured as he had upon first entering the gate. At last she answered him with a brisk nod. She does. Ha! <laughs> Ten hells. Confused, Astrid waited for the man to continue. When he did not, she asked, What's wrong? It looks like I'm out a week's wages. You took bets on the nature of our business? Aye, he said with a nod. And I lost. She won't let me forget it any time soon. For some odd reason, Astrid thought the man didn't seem all that upset. They reached the stable and dismounted handing their horses off to the same boy as before. She passed him another coin and he took it, though his mood had dampened and he did not smile. With a sigh, she turned and left, following after Pharaoh as he led them out. 
Where are we going? She asked when she saw that they were making their way behind the stables to the west. My legs hurt bad, Pharaoh answered. I don't think I could make it up all those stairs. He offered no further explanation and took them around the stable grounds to a small side gate that stood open with a single guard standing post. The guard seemed wary at first, but listened quietly as Pharaoh spoke. He shook his head, eyeing the wolf cautiously. Not the beast. I cannot let him pass. The beast comes too, Pharaoh replied. Or will you explain to Din Karuni why her guests were not allowed passage at her request? Hesitation followed. A quick flash of fear and doubt crossed before him as the guard eyed Merrick once more. He let out a defeated breath as he moved to the side, letting the company through. Astrid ran her hand along Merrick's back as they walked through together. A small passage lay before them then, cut out from the stones of Malhorn Peak. It was wide but not tall, though they could walk through without crouching. Astrid noticed that slits were cut out from the walls deep enough for men to stand guard, and indeed they passed by several of them before she noticed there were any in fact, standing in the darkness. They did not speak, but stood silent, watching as the company marched through. Astrid felt as though they were the true guards of the pass, more so than the single man posted at the gate. The path went straight for a time before opening up to a vast and sweeping hall that appeared more like an open cavern to some murky cave than to a tower that was part of a great castle. A large iron lift was before them, level to the ground with another pair of guards standing on either side one carrying a staff, the other a sword. Pharaoh passed them without a word, and together the company stepped onto the lift. There was a lever fastened to the ground in the corner. Shiva looked at it but said nothing. He watched as Pharaoh took it firmly in his grasp. This can be unnerving for some, he said, then pushed the lever forward. The floor lurched upward, a quick, disheveled jump as the iron links began to pull at them from above lifting them upwards and pushing them towards the unseen top. This is a very long shoot, thought Astrid, as she watched row after row of torches pass before her. At last they came to a stop, and when they stepped off she looked quickly upwards, but still saw no sign of the cavern ceiling. Another set of guards awaited them, and standing between them was Master Royce. The guild master was a thin man with high cheekbones that were common in the land. He had dark hair and clear, tilted brown eyes that made him seem both wise and knowledgeable. He watched Astrid and the others calmly and seemed almost amused at the party. Ah, Pharaoh, he began. Din Kruni will be most pleased to see you are well. Pharaoh smirked, letting out a little laugh as he stepped out. Master Royce turned his attention toward the rest of his companions, eyeing them one after the other as they emerged paying special attention to Shiva and his large satchel that hung upon his back. And you must be Shiva of Katarone. I have been expecting you for some time now. Master Royce, he said, bowing slightly, it is good to meet you at long last. Yes, well, I wish you had arrived sooner. Now your fates are blurred to me, and I cannot guarantee you will escape without harm. Our journey here was hindered greatly when we ran afoul a group of hollows massing in the frozen woods. Even now they are gathered near the icy lakes, 
with numbers greater than what now sets siege. How many? Several thousand at least, and more linger in the deep. They have overthrown the Thieves' Guild, though some survived. How unfortunate. The master made his way onto the lift and reached out towards the lever. He looked up towards Pharaoh as he did. Keep her safe. The grim man nodded once. He was not smiling anymore. Master Royce turned to Shiva. You'll find Master Eladin and Din Kruni just beyond the Great Hall. He is expecting you. Tell him what wickedness comes. And where are you heading off to at such a time? Asked Pharaoh. I go now to prepare the way. There was sadness in his voice as he spoke. Looking once more upon the party, he pulled the lever and descended into the abyss. They walked in a group, yet it was Pharaoh who led them, hobbling through the dim passages of the upper floors. Though empty at first, soon the corridors bustled with people of all sorts. Mostly they were wizards of the guild, but there were servants too, and knights, different than ones Astrid had been accustomed to. They wore robes similar to the guild, but had neither staff nor wand, and many of them wore two swords, one at their hip and a second shorter blade upon their back. All about the halls there was an air of alertness, and while no one stopped them as they passed, Astrid found herself growing nervous beside Merrick. We shouldn't be here, she thought, running her hand along the wolf's neck. She glanced towards the warden, yet Shiva moved with a quiet calm, unconcerned with their surroundings. She had seen it before in their travels. It was as though the worries of the world could not touch him, like a shield was set before him, and with it he was immortal. The warden stood tall, his back straight and shoulders square, yet somehow he looked relaxed, almost arrogantly, as he sauntered through the halls. He turned, catching Astrid's eye. I do not think your wolf likes this place. He is a creature of the forest. He doesn't like any place that isn't open and free. Shiva eyed Merrick and looked forward his eyes ever watchful, taking in the men in the stones of the great hall. The guards at the entrance of the upper court peered up calmly as they approached. One sat behind a long slanted table, looking over a ledger and sometimes making a mark as he went along. The other stood opposite the arched doorway, and while the doors stood open, it was clear that not all could pass. Astrid's stomach churned as they examined Merrick. They'll stop him for sure she thought, yet more than ever she did not wish to part with the beast. One of the guards, a tall, dark-eyed man, held out his palm for them to halt. His eyes flickered towards the wolf, and his mouth tightened, but he did not speak of Merrick. All about them the people stopped what they were doing to watch, still and intent. "'It is well to see you alive, Pharaoh,' said the guard, giving the gruff man a slight nod. Once again his eyes flickered to the wolf. Master Royce said you would be arriving shortly, but said nothing of your companions. Pharaoh laughed. Well, it must have slipped his mind. I assure you, they are expected. The guard eyed the beast one final time, then motioned them to follow him through the archway. Inside, the presence did not go unnoticed. It appeared to Astrid that Pharaoh was known to many of the guild, 
and was not well liked from what she could tell. The glances quickly fell away from the weathered bodyguard to Merrick. Wolves were not a common sight outside the forest, and the beast caused more than one raised eyebrow. But none of the guild spoke their displeasure, at least not openly. And a few were not displeased, but looked upon the group in wonder and curiosity. Soft murmurs rose behind them, too low for Astrid to make out. Shiva strode alone, unconcerned and uncaring. As they reached the entrance to the outer battlements, three more men stood guard outside the door. The tallest of the three, a man named Keel, held in his hand a silver flame staff and watched as they approached. A strong, smooth face he had, with clever eyes. He studied the group, looking each of them over in turn with a smile. What have you brought with you this time, Maro? He turned his eyes upon the young guard who had escorted them. Din Kroonie's pet, a Kateron warden, and a northerner and her pup. His tone turned harsh then. Why have you brought them here? The High Council sits at war, and you bring forth vagrants and vagabonds. Master Royce told me to escort Pharaoh to Master Aladdin upon his arrival. I was told nothing of this. It matters not, answered Maro, stepping forward so that he stood before the others. I was told, and now I will deliver them, unless you question my word. I question everyone's word, answered Keel. That is my duty. His eyes went once more towards Pharaoh and the others, and slowly his smile returned. As it is, I believe you. You are free to enter. Stepping to his side, Keel drew back his staff and waved his hand towards the door. It swung open noiselessly, and he watched as Mero vanished through to announce their arrival. The young guard returned quickly, gesturing for them to enter. Yes, a pup you say, Pharaoh said, patting Keel on the shoulder as he passed. Go ahead and pet him if you like, and see how well he plays at your hand. Keel blinked and his smile faded to a sneer, but he kept quiet. He looked at Astrid next, but the girl did not retreat. She returned his stare coolly until she passed, walking beside Merrick at a calm pace. Through all of this, Shiva showed indifference. Merrick as well. It was a trait they seemed to share. The door swung shut behind them, but not before the sounds of war reached them. Yells and screams, both fierce and strong and the battle cries of men. In silence they pressed on. Ahead of them stood Master Elidin, looking out with his hands set upon a white rail of marble. Lady Maeve was beside him, and together they stood with their backs to the door, watching as the undead hordes made siege upon the front gate. As Astrid strode forth, the battle below took shape. The lines of marching fires had collided, funneling together into a large host that met before the outer gate. Arrows and fire streamed forth upon the dead, filling the ground with corpses that should have rested long ago. Do you see them burning? said Master Elodin aloud. Do you see how they fall one after another? Yet through all of this, the dead stay silent. At once Astrid saw that it was true, and an eerie shiver ran down her spine. The advancing horde had been thrown back, and was just now regrouping to attack once more. Yet in all of their form the enemy was silent. It was the living who cheered and cried out, 
the men upon the walls, the wizards and knights defending the gate. She thought of Lennox, and hoped he was well amongst the chaos. The dead do not speak once the curse has fallen, answered Shiva. Eladin turned. He looked towards the warden, past all that stood upon the surface, and gazed deep into his soul. He looked away, back upon the army, his face heavy with concern. It was Maeve who spoke next. He means how are they organizing like this? Who is leading them? It was then that Astrid noticed Pharaoh stooped over upon one knee. Maeve had her hands upon his leg, and a soft glow came forth. When she was finished, Pharaoh stood up, and upon his face was peace as his wounds mended and disappeared. Maeve continued, We have watched closely as the army drew near, and now as they clash upon our walls, yet no sign of a captain can be seen, no sign of a leader or commander someone with whom we can strike back at. There is a greater force at play here, Shiva said. You must know this is only the beginning. Twice what we see now stand dormant before the frozen lakes, just past the edge of the woods. This is an army gathered for one purpose. Eladin watched the army surge forward against the gate. There they met iron and stone, and death consumed them from above. They dispersed quickly, falling away once more as a cheer went up from atop the wall. They have a captain, Pharaoh said at last, looking first to Maeve, then past her to Master Eladin. I saw him marching from a distance along the quenched river. A knight, not like the hollows below, but strong, and set in armor that shines red and gold despite the darkness of the woods. Even as he spoke there came a beating drum. And far past the gate, out of the forest, a shape emerged, an engine pushed forth by great beasts. What witchcraft is this? said Pharaoh, turning. Yet his words went unheard, as a blare of trumpets came from the inner gate. A great scream followed as men turned from the bridge and shot their arrows down into the abyss. The arrows increased, and the trumpets called once more, when out of the darkness crawled a monster bearing the shape of a man. The creature was large, standing with a hunch and black oily skin. He bore upon his head a helm of bone shaped like the skull of a goat, with cracks splintering out from the teeth, and eyes pitchless and empty. A beast of the dark moon, Shiva said at once. Where is he going? cried Astrid. The beast rose quickly, moving away from the bridge through the inner court. He makes for the castle answered Maeve. He must be stopped, Eladin replied with a soft voice. And so he shall. Master Raelin is below, and others too. They will see to the creatures fall. If the enemy can scale the cliffs, then we must set men about the castle to make watch. The bridge is all that matters, answered Eladin. If we hold the bridge... Then any who scale the cliffs can be hunted down. Yet even as he spoke, two more beasts emerged, similar to the first, and carrying in their hands great axes. The arrows flew, felling one of the monsters. A great roar echoed forth as he fell back into the dark waters below. The second beast endured and charged through the courtyard to join the first. Together, 
They swung their axes against the castle door until at last it gave way, and the beast disappeared, and screams rose out from below. I will not have this, cried Maeve. Pharaoh, come! And with that Maeve departed, and with her Pharaoh. Both Astrid and Merrick watched the pair as they left. She looked next to Shiva and almost fell back in shock. There was no doubt about it. The warden was smiling as he looked upon Master Aladdin. Maeve was well gone when Shiva finally spoke. Well, you must be pleased. She seems rather wild to me. Difficult to control. Aladdin looked amused. Still, Shiva continued, better to send her away where chance might still save her. Not chance, warden. You will save her and her brother. I have put my faith in Master Royce. He is a seer. He sees some, but nothing like Lord Magnus far away in his tower, or even like your oracle you so willingly serve. Is there no hope then for this fight? Astrid said, speaking up. There was much she didn't understand, yet she knew the siege upon Malhorn Peak was grim. Elodin looked upon her then with gentle eyes and said, I do not know, but there are still many people here inside these stone walls, and I will keep them safe if I can. His face was serene, smooth and soft, and his eyes did not blink. Please watch over Prince Oscar. He is loyal, almost to a fault, and can be naive, especially if his sister is about. Astrid found herself nodding yes. As best we can, she said. Shiva bowed then, resting his left hand upon his hilt and twisting the sword behind him. By your leave, Master Elodin, may we depart. Go he answered, and do not fail in your endeavor. Straightening, Shiva gestured for Astrid to follow. We will succeed, he answered. It has been foreseen. There was a long silence as Aladdin watched them go, before once again the trumpets blared behind him, and the sounds of war called. Maeve and Pharaoh stood before the empty shaft, watching the lift rise before them when Shiva and the others appeared. Far behind them, Astrid could hear the trumpet's call. Curse those foul creatures, she thought, picturing the dark-skinned beast once again in her mind. It made her hands go cold thinking about them. I'm glad you could join us, Pharaoh said, a small grin touching at his lips. His fingers tapped lightly on the pommel of his blade, and restlessness was upon him. Shiva walked past them, stepping onto the iron lift. We came here for a purpose. That has not changed. He looked to Maeve, his eyes cold and calculating. The castle will not hold. You must take us to your brother at once. And what of all the people taking refuge in these halls? She asked. Am I to abandon them to slaughter? Die with them if you wish, but first take me to your brother. At least then one of you will survive. My brother is safe enough, deep below in the lower quarters. Is he? 
Shiva was not convinced. Your masters seem to know the truth. Why is it you cannot see it? Eladin is a stubborn fool, but he still fights. He fights now so that we can get away, Shiva said. You as well, and whoever you can bring with us. What do you mean? She asked. Shiva shook his head, his eyes unrepentant as he reached for the lever. Again the trumpet sounded. Astrid and Merrick joined Shiva upon the lift and turned, their eyes set upon the princess. It was Pharaoh who pushed her on. Placing his hand gently upon her shoulder, he stepped forward. Skip to the first floor. Prince Oscar will be in the lower corridor. He was speaking to Shiva. Without a word, Shiva pressed the lever forward, and the lift descended, dropping down into the depths as all the torches went dark around them. In an instant, the beast was upon them, crashing down from above like a shadow of hate. Merrick was the first to act. His eyes burned as he leapt upon the beast. It cried out, but the creature seemed more annoyed than truly hurt as he swiped the wolf away. Merrick fell to the floor in a dull thud. Pharaoh was next. His sword flashed silver in the dark, but stopped before reaching its mark, caught in the palm of the monster. The beast sneered and pulled the blade away, before suddenly screaming out, this time in true pain before falling to its knees. Shiva drew his blade from the creature's back, and swung it in a low arc, sweeping the head clean off the shoulders. The beast fell headless onto the lift, its blood slowly spreading across the floor beneath him. A light burst forth then from the tip of Maeve's wand. Astrid could feel little heat, but the light it cast was great, reaching high into the shaft above them and revealing the dead beast that lay slain at their feet. Her eyes were wide with shock, yet she stood calmly, taking long breaths that echoed in the silence of the space. It is one of those beasts, cried Astrid. Her blade was drawn as she looked down upon the fallen corpse. Merrick was rising from where he fell, and made his way towards the creature with teeth bared. Shiva eyed Merrick, and while no one could see it, he was pleased with the wolf. There will be more of them, the warden began. Even if the gate should fall, the cliffs of Malhorn Peak have been breached. Suddenly the lift came to a halt, hitting the stone earth of the lower corridor. The stop came so abruptly that Astrid nearly fell and reached out to secure herself upon the railing. They were at the end of a narrow hallway lined with torches that hung extinguished upon the walls. The last remaining embers burned hazily in the dark. We must press on, Shiva said, stepping over the fallen corpse and out into the darkness. Without a word, Astrid followed. Merrick too. Pharaoh and Maeve were last. She held her wand low, looking down at the bone helm of the beast until at last it was behind her. They had hardly moved before Shiva signaled them to stop. Ahead of them, shining on the curved stone wall, glimpses of light could be seen washing upon the surface like waves. Red and white light, then flashes of orange, then nothing. Strong magic, Pharaoh said aloud. None responded and at last Shiva continued, turning the corner and continuing down the hall towards the large doorway. Loud cries could be heard then, both of death and magic, 
Spells of incantations echoed along the stones, followed by more light. The battle has reached even the depths of the castle, Astrid said. But before she finished speaking, Maeve was off, wand raised as she sprinted forward. She appeared as a shadow cat in white, with the outline of her protector running beside her. Hmm, said Shiva, removing his blade from its sheath. It appears we will not pass unhindered. Come, and stay close to me. With a swift nod, Astrid followed. Merrick arched his head, crying out into the dark before plummeting forward into the unknown white. 